We read in Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 24. Put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath, or give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Now as we again press on forward this week with our understanding of our role in our becoming the new man that God speaks about in these verses, our attention needs to be drawn in particular to the manner in which God keeps presenting this new man to us in these words. And I'd like for us this morning just take a deeper look into these words, and, this, and one in particular. But as we do that, I want to caution us that as we study these words, in them we're going to detect another of those areas of sincere difference in biblical doctrine that takes place between very earnest and sincere, dedicated Christian believers. And here in these words, the difference is expressed in one word, the word let. And we find it used all through, interposed all through the scriptures that I just read. And I'd like for us to listen again as I read through these and listen for the word let. He says, Put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another, members of the same body of Christ. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. This use of the word let is, as with all the other words in the Scripture, very intentional on the part of God. And because of that, you and I need to understand that it is a significant concept that we need to understand in putting off this old man, putting on the new. And as if to accentuate this word let, the Greek word that's being used here for let 
is translated exactly the same in most of the translations, the major translations, especially in the King James, the New American Standard, the New King James, and the ESV, all of them translate that word as let. I want us to look at the context of this word, let, and I want to, to first note that the word let gives us a clear understanding that there is a choice, a choice that's being made in our handling of these very serious matters. And further, that it is our responsibility to make the right choice with this word let. And though it's unspoken in these words, the word let, it also implies that you and I can let something very different take place, the very opposite of what God is asking us to do. Our decision being wholly dependent upon our personal response to these matters. And that is why I encouraged us in the beginning. We need to spend time in these words of Scripture so that we can know what the right choice is for us to make as we would let one thing or another take place throughout our day. Now, one of the misconceptions that surrounds this word let involves the very common Christian doctrine of let go and let God. That's an expression that I very much identify with and I very much agree with, but not to the limits that some understand those words to imply. In my understanding of the concept, you and I are to give up on our always needing to have this complete control over our circumstances. Do you know that you have that difficulty taking place in your life? Each of us do. I do especially. But we are to give up on this need to have this absolute control and we are to instead let God have the opportunity and the leeway to exercise His will, to stick His hand into our circumstances and cause things to be different. And that's very difficult for us, for us to take our hands off and let God exercise His will, especially when our circumstances are uncertain and perhaps even frightening. But that is when we must let go of the reins and let God take control. Part of the evidence of that is we're in the trouble we're in. And most likely it's because we have been holding on to the reins up to that point And we're not doing very well at it. And that's when we need to take our hands off and let him have control. Now where this misconception seems most often to go wrong is the understanding of when our own efforts are supposed to join with God's Holy Spirit in the steps that we're to take in these individual matters. If we believe that we must take our hands completely off of the efforts, those efforts of putting off the old man, if we believe we're to take our hands completely off and let God take care of all of that, every bit of it, then we miss out completely on the importance of these words that we've been studying because we are commanded to get involved. So in contrast, if we think that we must have though full control, that we need to get on in there and get involved immediately and handle each matter 
individually by ourselves, then we go wrong there also. So you have these two conflicting efforts. But there truly has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. A balance is required. And it must always be honored. Whether it be to let go and let God have control, but also for us to exert our own efforts into it. But it must not be exceeded in either of those directions. And that's a very delicate issue. We must not hold back and expect God to do all the work within us. But in contrast, you and I also must not overdo our part and run on ahead of Him. Listen to these words. This is Philippians 2, verse 12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How? For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Now, if you'll note carefully in here, we, you and I, are to work out this salvation that God has worked into our souls. As we said in the song, by the shed blood of Christ on the cross, He has worked salvation into your and my souls. But with the fully surrendered acceptance that it is God, now we are to work it out, but with this fully surrendered acceptance that it is God who works within us both to will and to do according to His good pleasure. In those words, it's clear that God's Holy Spirit gives us both the will to do it and the strength for the doing of it. He gives us the will to want to go ahead and make these changes take place in our life. And then He also gives us the strength to carry it out. And please do understand that the guidance given by the Holy Spirit is very much up close and intimate, as we talked about earlier. And though His involvement is very loving, and He has this still, small voice, there are times when God is very demanding. A few days ago I saw a video presentation of a policeman training his German shepherd dog to obey during a tactical practice exercise. In that practice session, the dog walked between the trainer's legs. I'd never seen that before. But the dog was walking between, this German shepherd was walking between the trainer's legs, literally in lockstep with the trainer. The dog's full attention was kept fixed on his trainer as they went about step by step of the exercise. Folks, listen, that is the sense that God gives to us about His role and our role as we go about working out our salvation. Yes, God's Spirit is loving and kind and gentle. But listen, our sanctification, your sanctification, is far too important and too holy and too righteous to be trusted to some mediocre or liberal form of training. Our eternity and this mission of grace that God has called us to requires our diligent submission to God's loving training and very strict training. And it is without question a form of lockstep that we must maintain with God's Holy Spirit as we go about our efforts, always with our eye to 
and our ear to the Holy Spirit. Another thought concerning this word let. The word implies that you and I must give God's Holy Spirit permission to do His work in us. From these scriptures in our text today and from other scriptures, we know that we are able to resist and to grieve the power and the presence of God's Spirit within us. We can do that. Listen to these words. This is the disciple Stephen just before he was stoned for his commitment to Christ. He said to these church leaders, he said in Acts chapter 7, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. And then in verse 30 here of our text, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You and I, on the authority of these words, can resist and grieve the Holy Spirit with the way that we are, with the things that we do, with the responses that we have to His efforts to sanctify our troubled souls. And as we grieve Him, we also quench that special holy fire that God has put within us. Listen to those words. This is uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered, saying to them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to loose. Listen, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then in First Thessalonians 5, we read, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do you know what you do to fire when you put water on it? You quench it. Now, for reasons that we may never understand this side of heaven, God has given you and me the power over those works of the Holy Spirit. Inhibit His power and His work within us. And I wish that were not so, but it is. We can resist Him. We can grieve Him. We can quench His holy fire. And it all seems to be wrapped up in today's text, especially with this word, let. Let. And every reading of these words bring me back to the same understanding, and that is that, yes, God is in us, and He is willing to do His precious sanctifying work. But you and I must let Him do it. Or else His Spirit will be grieved, quenched, and resisted. And our growth will go nowhere. Now simply put, our free will seems to be able in these specific instances to undermine the work of God's Holy Spirit. And that's an awful thought to me. That I can actually resist and grieve and quench the power of God's loving Spirit as He's only wanting to do the very best in me to change me from this wretch that I have been. Thankfully, this thought brings me to a concept that I have often puzzled over for this past year or so, a concept that is preached by one of my favorite preachers, David Jett at Crossgates Baptist Church in Jackson. The concept, as Reverend Jett uh, expresses, is that in some way or another, you and I are able to bind up God's Spirit within us and inhibit His power to do His work, and that as part of God's sanctification process, you and I must release 
his power to do his work. I confess I have pondered over that word release, and the concept has puzzled me until perhaps now as I think about it in connection with this word let. Yes, we can resist and grieve and quench God's spirit. And this concept of releasing his spirit to do the work that he already wants to do within us seems to fit exactly with this word let. Why is God, the question is, why is God not going ahead and doing this sanctification in me, changing me at a better pace than I have been changing? It has to do with this, I'm sure. If God is ever going to be able to work within me, within you, to do according to his good pleasure, as Philippians 2.12 tells us, and then to empower us to do the particular things that are mentioned here in our text, then we will first need to let him do it. To let him have a freedom within us. Our part is to free him up to do his work in his way, in his timetable. To release him from whatever hindrances that we have put in his path. Now for me, as I've thought through it from my own personal needs. Most often that hindrance is my lack of trust in the way and in the timetable that God uses to go about doing his work in me in a particular matter. And that would be especially so as we consider these words that we're dealing with here today. Let us each speak truth to our neighbor to take these lying thoughts and words from my mouth that I would be angry, yes, but not sin. That I would not steal in any form from another person ever again, but yet be willing to work and give to those in need. And to let no corrupt words proceed out of my mouth, but what is good for edification, so that I would not grieve His Holy Spirit. And to let all bitterness be gone from my mouth, the wrath, the anger, the clamor, and all that evil speaking. So let me ask you, is this not as simple as it seems to be? If it is, why have I been so puzzled about this concept of releasing the power and the presence of God's Spirit in me to do His work? I really believe that it is as simple as this. Through my reluctance, through my timidness, through my lack of faith, I have inhibited the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit within me. And I've kept him from doing his work, that wonderful, mysterious work in my life. And that's very foolish of me. Now, may I confess that I still am confused about how to go about fully releasing God's Holy Spirit to do His work. But I really do believe that this is a secret that God is sharing with me. And I intend to ask God to make it real in my heart. Now before we close, let me quickly give one other thought about this word, let. Because this is a kind of trap that you and I can fall into as we deal with the sins that try to reach back in and take back their old position in our old that they had in our old life when 
we used to walk in unbelief. The consideration is that we must not view these instructions from God as being a list of do's and don'ts. They very much seem like that. But they are not to be considered in that manner because it helps us very little to simply abstain from doing that which is wrong. And yes, it is better that we abstain than than to go ahead and do them. But that's not what accomplishes God's will in our lives. By far the best response for us to have, as, as we've been saying here, is to humbly surrender ourselves into the hands of God's Holy Spirit for all of these matters. As one of my favorite writers, Oswald Chambers, tells us, our real and present battle, he says, is against the ideas and philosophies and common sense that fills our hearts and our minds each day. All those things that urge us on to make and to have natural responses to the struggles that entangle us. As I've thought about what he said there, folks, our natural common sense seldom ever is truly successful. Because all of the things that we are reading about here that we have to put aside as we put on the new man, these are all spiritual matters. They are not natural matters. Yes, they take place in the natural, but they are not natural, they are spiritual matters. And the only effective remedy that will remove them from us is the work of God's Holy Spirit. And that's what you and I need to focus our life on. Instead of resisting and grieving and quenching God's Spirit within us, we must immediately release His Holy Spirit to do His blessed work within us. Take away whatever the binding is. So then, may you and I be especially diligent to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in us both to will and to do for His good pleasure. And as we go from here, may we release the power, whatever way that it is bound up in you, whatever way it's bound up in, the, in me, that we may release the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit within us so that he can go ahead and do his work in his way. Praise be to God for his undeserved favor. Let's pray.